what's up we're back with episode 10 of the deluxe version yeah oh yeah we're back uh if you didn't know the deluxe version it's a podcast where creators critique and converse on content and concepts i am your curator creators daryl the sharp and here i am yet again with another guest i got bennett bennett in the building hey what's going on daryl what's <laughs> yeah, going on man? i feel like it's like an east coast west coast thing like uh like east meets west things so uh because if they don't know already, uh, you're you're enjoying your vacation in sunny La La Land or, yeah. ra- or rainy La La Land on one of these days. Well, it's it started off rainy yeah. and cloudy, and it, it kind of cleared up and became the most beautiful uh, trip to Los Angeles for me. Mm-hmm. That's really that's really great. Like I uh, I think we talked about this before when we met a couple days ago. But has yeah. anything changed about what's been your favorite aspect of since you've been out here? I literally just came from Venice Beach and that's it i think i'm sold like if if and when i'm ready to move out here mm-hmm. i want that to be the neighborhood yeah they've got like a huge startup vibe and everything like there's so much that goes on there plus you're like beachside so oh yeah nothing to argue with about that yeah and i'm a, I'm a beach guy like i grew up uh in the rockaways in queens all the way to southern queens so i'm right in front of the atlantic ocean two blocks away and you know i'm used to views mm-hmm. of just endless water but i went to santa monica for the first time back on saturday Mm -hmm. and saw the pacific ocean and i was cried i lost my fucking shit i was like damn like this is so huge like and it was nothing but coastline is that peace oh my god yeah it, it really was in the fucking mountains all the way up north and i went to malibu the next morning and i got to see some of those mountains mm-hmm. it's it's just insane what california has yeah that pch view is incredible just mm-hmm. that drive and all and all that like it it definitely lives up to the hype uh i'll say this one thing that's probably one of the few things that i would say lives up to the hype is just the l experience not the people but the the views yeah and i think short. i think that's what matters like you'll find your i'm lucky enough to have like people like you and others who are part of this really awesome la creative community so it's just like why why do i need anything else mm-hmm. like i got views i got cool people already like it's like just find a cool place that's it exactly uh let's get down to business of course uh, let's uh let's let's talk about yourself a little bit like i for the most part, maybe maybe motherfuckers listening don't know about you. So like, <laughs> so like, tell me about yourself. I, you're you're more than just I. Yeah, I'm more yeah. than just a uh, my day job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a copywriter at this agency called BBDO in New York. We have major clients like AT and T, Snickers, Twix, uh, Bacardi, M and M's, lots of chocolate. Uh, um, Viagra, ExxonMobil. Visa, I just finished uh, working on the new Visa.com, which launched later in the month. Uh, yeah, it's just a big agency, wins a shit ton of awards. It just won Webby's Agency of the Year. That's what's up. Yeah, it's uh, it's cool. So that's my day job. Uh, but then I do maybe a couple too many things on the side. <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong. I think that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do too much, like... Uh, like we're in our twenties. We're we're basically mm-hmm. just trying to burn it, like not intentionally, but basically burn ourselves out in a way, like by yeah. just gaining all this experience. Because twenties are all about the hustle. So yeah, they they are all about the hustle, but they are, and I'm I'm realizing this here, and it's part of the reason why I took the trip. Uh, 
you get yourself burnt out too much and if you don't give yourself a reason to kind of reset uh you know rebuild your uh level of creativity and just like enjoy yourself and not have to feel overwhelming pressure and new york is that new york is that city it's it's super fast everybody's doing something do you feel like you were you were inspired in a way, like being out here, like re-inspired in a way, because you're talking about how the idea of like being burned out and all mm-hmm. this other stuff. So how would you say you felt like re-inspired being out here? Oh, without a doubt. So one of the projects that I kind of stumbled into this year was screenwriting. I went to the Museum of Broken Relationships today. Oh, tell me about that, because, yeah, I remember we were talking about it a couple mm-hmm. days ago. Yeah, uh, so I'm working on a pilot for this uh show that I'm calling Partners and Company, or Partners and Co. It is a mix between Hitch and How I Met Your Mother. You get these uh, four four millennials of color, three guys, one girl. Um, in fact, like two of the dudes are cousins. And they suck at love. And dating for white people to me is a little bit different than dating for black people you know especially where interracial dating is concerned like culture codes um you know just all these intricacies that Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily see on white uh romantic comedies um and i got pretty tired of that so you have these four people they they're kind of tired of of the way things are with themselves and just seeing their peers go through it. So they decide to create a whole dating agency. That's what's up. That's yeah. I uh, wait. Are, so are, yeah, yeah, the museum of broken relationships. Uh, I walked through it today and it's like this gallery of th- it's this gallery of mementos and trinkets and reminders from past relationships that ended and a lot of them were romantic naturally but then you had platonic relationships that ended really poorly yeah unrequited ones too that were yeah yeah. unrequited yeah it was just a whole spectrum of things and and feelings attached to them on one hand you had a a boomerang that marked the end of a friendship between two girls and it just like all I remember from the end of that was like, you fucking bitch. Mm-hmm. It was, it probably like, it was, one girl was just using the other girl, like, completely, and she got tired of it. And that boomerang was her reminder that like, you know, you try to throw something, something or a person away, and somehow they come back to bite you. Damn. Um, but then you had something beautiful, like uh, this uh, spectrum chart of a star, you have these two, ast- two um, basically astrophysicists out in Beijing. They fell in love. One of them turned 26. So the guy basically bought it like he did a whole spectral graph of a star that was 26 light years away. Oh, shit. And I do not remember any of these. Yeah, I mean, I literally just came from there an hour ago. Uh, no, not an hour, but hours ago. And... Like it was gorgeous. It, I mean, and then you have all sorts of crazy shit in between. Mm-hmm. And the way people just talk about love is such a beautiful thing, and 
you know, I bought some things. I got myself a journal so I can get back to working on the the pilot and the character development and uh, all these other intricacies because I really believe in it. And I think it's something that's missing from, you know, from TV. There aren't enough writers of color. There aren't enough uh, people of color who can craft and tell these stories. Yeah, there's so many untold perspectives, which especially with last year, which was so was so great, to, great uh, so great to see with mm-hmm. uh, with Insecure and Atlanta. Yeah. So, uh, so it's just great. Like you're just pushing on well with that. That's exciting. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, who do you say would uh, is kind of inspiring you with uh, with the pilot or just in general with writing, like as a as a copywriter or just a writer in, in general? Like who have been like your greatest inspirations? Um shit it's uh crazy uh i would have to say the songwriters that i that i grew up listening to like uh i remember the first song i grew up and like remembered remembered was like tony braxton's mm-hmm. break my heart uh and the then, video is so dope oh man mm-hmm. um and i was just in love with her voice because it was just so different from what i heard mm-hmm. uh and then high school um at high school in high school i discovered neo and neo was hot and i'm like yo like I want to be that guy who pens records like so sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Legend, my favorite artist, period. Like, I sing sometimes, so I get told that I sound like John Legend, but like, I just love the way he crafts things, the way Neo used to craft things. I think he sold out as an artist, but that's my personal opinion. Wait, did you say Neo or John Legend? I think Neo sold out. Uh... He, he's gone. He's gone full pop, in my opinion. I feel like that's always like the direction to go, but yeah. still, I, I don't know too many people that like stayed soulful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eventually the pop is the way to go because that money just called you. Yeah, that that's. I guess that's fine. Make yeah. your money, you know. But, but still at be least, true to yourself. right? And I I don't know if he's he's that artist anymore, and it makes me sad. Uh, but John Legend, he's just been consistently good to me, and you know he's in a different phase of his life with uh, Chrissy and now Luna. Yeah, I love and their it, relationship. It, God, it's a goal. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely like it's an underrated relationship, but it's one of yeah. the best relationships I've seen. Like, did mm-hmm. you see uh, with the the lip sync battle with uh, with uh, Zendaya and Tom Holland? I have not. I'm gonna like I'm gonna watch because I think Erica Badu uh, shared a tweet saying because I think she did. I think Zendaya did lip lip sync for Erica Badu. I think she did. Yeah. But there's this like dope clip where uh, where Chrissy dresses up as Spider Man. She does like in her and John do the upside down kiss. Oh, exactly. That shit is awesome, right? Like that. Man. Is, that's just that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's funny. Like I'm I'm this copywriter, but like I grew up wanting to to write fiction. Mm-hmm. But the things that influenced me most were like were were songs and. You know, I I write science fiction sometimes, so you know it was like reading books like Animorphs or or the Harry Potter series, and like you know places where you can like really build worlds and uh, get deep into a character's psyche uh, and just do really fun shit. But it, it, yeah, I like the only things that pop up to, in my mind is major influences are like songs and mm-hmm. songwriters. Like I I can't go without music. Yeah, there's so so much, there's so many memories that are created with songs. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing. Like I can't think of any other any other medium that that creates that that sense of nostalgia. Yeah, for real. for sure. Yeah, like you can't can't knock it out. Like uh, like there's so many times where I've heard a song and I remember where exactly where I was where I heard it, 
and all that other and all that other jazz. It's just incredible. Mm-hmm. I know one of my close friends was trying to do like this whole project of different uh, songs, like people putting together playlists uh, and tying them back to relationships or certain romantic moments in in their lives. And I thought that was dope. I got to get back to her and hope that she follows through on that. Yeah. Because that could have massive potential. Well, now let's talk about love. Like, I, the thing I love about this podcast is that you never really know the direction it's going to go. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'll write down a list of topics, but it goes somewhere else, which I appreciate. Right. I love how organic that is. Yeah. Uh, but uh, usually, like, a, a casual quip, a usual quip with uh, this podcast is I talk about podcasts I listen to. And uh, one I listened to was called uh, Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood, and they talked about boomerang. Mm-hmm. So it was funny, just the fact that we're talking about, like, relationships and even just the advertising world, and I feel like, Boomerang was like the biggest epitome of that, or the the best yeah. depiction of that of just uh of just black love, or even just love in general, um, in like uh in a, like a black setting, mm-hmm. in a like a not a not a corny Tyler Perry kind of way. Yeah, and it's sad because um I think I told you about my guy, uh, our guy Malik with mm-hmm. the really dope podcast, mm-hmm. and he wanted to do a whole Boomerang episode, and I had not watched Boomerang. What? I had not watched Boomerang. And, like, I still have not watched Boomerang. Like, never? I have not. Like, I heard about it. And I feel like you would love it. You would love it. I, I, I'm pretty sure I am pretty sure I would. Like, I read the synopsis, and I'm just like, oh, this would be good mm-hmm. for me to watch. That will probably, like, I will find that movie, rent it, or something, and have that on my trip. Mm-hmm. Like, I will definitely have to watch it and just get it out of the way. Uh, damn. Like, I feel bad. <laughs> no, no, I feel that way a lot. Like, there's so many movies that I uh, haven't seen for the first time. I just saw them recently. Like, mm-hmm. uh, but usually they're terrible movies, like terrible yeah. comedies. Uh, like, like I saw A Low Down Dirty Shame for the first time maybe like a month ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, just stuff like that. And just, uh, there was another movie that I saw recently. I, f- I forgot the name of it, though. Uh, I think it was like a, a Steve Carell movie or, or something. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, just those experiences, like, because it's so different from, like, the typical theater experience. It just builds on, for real. But uh, let's see. Let's talk about some other things. Uh, 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 Other questions regarding you. Uh, What would you say is, like, a challenge you recently overcame? Like, creatively? uh, Yeah, let's go with creatively, because, yeah. Creatively. uh, Okay, yeah. um, Sheesh. Last year... Last year was an interesting year, like career-wise, personal-wise, work-wise. Like I wasn't on a, for the most of the year, I wasn't on a project, Mm -hmm. like at all, at work. Like full-time guy, I should expect to get projects like semi-regularly. But there was like 10 out of the 12 months, I would just be at my desk, you know, asking around for work, not getting anything, like just trying to do something and it's just like damn like i i can't i don't feel right being in an environment like that Mm -hmm. and then some of the side projects i was working on um like or initiatives that i was part of i wasn't like i just felt stifled creatively as well so it just turned out by september like in a weird way I was doing all this stuff and making all this effort to have something created and nothing came of it. And I was physically like, I kind of just crumbled. Mm. It was a, it was a terrible feeling and something that was familiar to me. Like 
every creative goes through burnt out burnout every young like creative millennial goes through a process like that you shouldn't have to mm-hmm. i really like you know i me and a close friend uh we would go out grab dinner like you know chat about these things uh so she put me on to things like the artist way by julia cameron um an, a co-worker um gave me this book on fiction writing called bird by bird you know i started going to bookstores trying to like you know read again and just like absorb things while like i was kind of stunted and you know took a little while you like know. almost have to like reinvent yourself in a, in a way in a, in a sense like reboot like kind of get back to back to basics who i am as a creative the things i love to do and it just it just kind of translated to to this year in which like this feels one of like one of my best years creatively that's great that's really great yeah yeah but it 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 took having a year like that and kind of having to reassess all like you know what you're about like where you want your life to go you know the things that find fulfillment uh one of the major things that helped this one book and i'm not a self-help guy i don't like motivational speakers I think it's bullshit. My motivation is like 50 Cent, G-Unit, <laughs> like trap music. That That's my motivation. So to get a book, there was this book, because I read this blog called The Science of Us. It's uh, one of the New York Magazine blogs. And there was this book called The Power of Meaning. Uh, and you know all the secret or any of like these major bestsellers talk about happiness as like the key to everything search for your happiness uh pursue it uh hunt it down you know strangle it you know find your way to be happy and this book is like no fuck that find meaning it is probably the more yeah like if you're gonna chase after happiness all the time you're not gonna be happy but if you chase to have some purpose bigger than yourself it will be stressful at the beginning but once you find what it is that you not only are passionate about, but something that is translatable through storytelling or, or um, meaning or transcendence. It's a great book. Um, Emily S. Fahani Smith wrote it and she's done like so much research on it on like Plato, Aristotle, but like finding all that stuff, finding your purpose and like it's stressful in the beginning but eventually you just have a better outlook on things yeah i feel like i need to hear that because a lot of times i i I think i never i think for a long time i always i had the misconception of happiness with uh with meaning so Mm -hmm. so that's that's great to hear like i think that especially my perspective lately like it's great to hear something like that that uh that meaning can almost can almost trump happiness or especially when you're providing like you're almost maybe you're helping others in a way that right. uh, that you don't even realize. Mm-hmm. And and like it's linked to like actual health concerns, like really chasing for happiness. Like people really commit suicide because they they they're chasing for it, they can't find it, and they don't f- feel like their life is worth living. But if you find a reason for your life to be worth living, you live longer. You're happy. Like overall, you're happier. You like. 
firefighters, policemen, military people, uh, people in, I guess, religion, they have those senses of, they have those high senses of purpose, but these are also very stressful jobs. That's true. Somehow they, you know, it, it goes, it goes back to feeling that something's bigger than themselves. Yeah. Like that's, that's always a great way to go because I'm, especially creatively like we have to like collaboration is so essential like, exactly like you can't conquer it on your own and then there's always more more you can learn more you mm-hmm. can more people you can learn from so it's definitely it's essential yeah and, and we're artists we want people to to love the things that we labor over mm-hmm. you know we stress about this shit every day you know the one thing that you want is somebody to to hit you up and be like yo daryl like that shit that you did, it made me want to jump into doing design. Or, hey, Bennett, like, those stories you told, like, I was in a really bad place, and to hear what you, and to read what you wrote, like, it just gave me another perspective. Yeah, it definitely pushes you forward. For right. It's a great, mm-hmm. it's a great propellant. E- exactly. I, let's see. So I guess that kind of uh, that kind of leads to another question. Have you have you basically I've already said said how do you continue to find joy in the work you do? Then, um, I just what I've loved now is knowing that I could be vers- versatile as a writer. Like mm-hmm. if I get bored of one thing, you know, I haven't written any superhero fiction in a long time mm-hmm. and that was the one thing like i wanted to write the harry potter superhero fiction that's what's up I, I think i wanted to do that too in high school like i wanted yeah. to have like my own cartoon i still kind of do mm-hmm. and i have not like touch uh like uh, anything in like the fiction realm like i wrote one story on uh my medium account and like that was a little bit experimental it was very personal to me um but then, like, I've jumped to doing, you know, script writing, and that's been cool. And, you know, I wrote a friggin' website, and that's, you know, it's different. It was strenuous, but it's like, oh, like, by the end of it, it took me, like, two months. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, hey, I really did that. You know, I'm doing voiceover acting now. And yeah, let's that... talk about that. Let's talk about your uh, your voice acting. Oh, God. Uh... <laughs> acting. It, it's so weird to me because I was... I always grew up with people, you know, liking my voice for some reason. It was either, like, me having this weird name, Bennett Bennett, or, like, me being tall. Or, wow, you have this, like, different voice in fifth grade. Here's a good story. Like, fifth grade, I uh, had this presentation, me and, like, four other friends, and we were talking about bears. And... They're like, yo, Bennett, you should be the announcer guy at the beginning of it. Like, <laughs> uh, so, like, I, I shit you not, my dad remembers this story, and, like, he reminds me maybe, like, every 18 months or some shit like that. And, like, you start the presentation, and it's, what, 10, 11-year-old me, like, welcome to Bears, Bears, and More Bears. I'm your host, Bennett Bennett. That's professional as fuck. That just sounded like, so fucking professional. And that was fifth fucking grade. That was fifth grade. And it sounded just like that. And people fucking love that shit. And like, I, you know, since then, you know, I didn't really care about it so much. You know, uh, 
And then recently, I've just heard people saying, yo, you should do voiceover mm-hmm. acting. You know, you know, you have this great voice. You can do Scratch VO. You can do this. You know, I'd been doing Scratch VO at my job for a couple of projects. And then last year, we were on a, um, we were doing a radio session at a, at a recording studio. And they were like, yo, we like you. You know, you're dope. And you have this really great voice. Have you considered voiceover acting? And I'm like, no. I mean, yes, but like not. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I don't. I got Don't I have to train to do that? And they're like, "Well, we take we t- have classes here. You're already like in this industry, so you can be an assistant, and you won't have to like pay this amount of dollars." And it was a lot of shit. It was just like, "Damn, um, I'm gonna jump into it." So first week of this year, I you know did the VO acting class. It was like six weeks. It was amazing, uh, and because I write the scripts. You know, it makes me feel like, oh, you know, you have a really good instinct for it. And that felt great. Like, knowing that I'm somebody who already knows how to write. So I can kind of tell how other writers write and how they kind of intend or the perceived intent for how they want voiceover actors to to do things. Like, it helps. It's, it's so good. And I'm putting my demo reel together now got a few really great pieces i think i sound great i can't wait to like Not make money I, I yeah yeah like i i feel like i feel like i can't be humble about that like of all the things to not be for me not to be humble about like now it's uh vo stuff and now it's now it's also like you know i can really be proud of the stuff that i'm writing and Definitely. putting out there in public yeah i can only get better from here for real yeah yeah i I think I like to talk about when uh, when I have a guest on. I uh, usually I like to talk about like whatever goals they they set for the year and like basically like whatever mm-hmm. they've accomplished. Like, uh, what goals did you set maybe around January? And then how, what do you think you've accomplished since then, or what do you think you've like checked off? Do you feel? Like? Um, one was to double my income. Find a way to fucking double my income. Uh, so the VO stuff is gonna help with that for God sure. Damn. Yeah, the res- I mean residuals, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Real talk. Um. And two, two was to attend a different concert every month up to April. I had accomplished that. And then I missed, con- like, I had two opportunities, actually bought tickets to two, two separate concerts. And that didn't happen. Almost went to one um, maybe a week ago. That didn't happen. I guess when I get back from uh, the California trip, I'll have, like, I'll definitely have something to go to but Mm -hmm. so that was gonna happen why did that why did that become a goal like uh to see a different concert every month um to expose myself to do to different things you know that's Uh, a good way to put it yeah i i needed i love like it kind of helped me by the end of the year last year when i was like burnt out to just like explore different things like go go to museums go uh go buy books go to concerts and like you know you know i wanted to enjoy myself Mm -hmm. and like that was the main goal like i wanted to consistently like not necessarily chase for happiness because i know i mentioned that just now it wasn't necessarily chasing happiness but at least do something that i enjoy every month and that the easiest thing for me was like okay it's $15 for certain concerts in certain places. Exactly. Like, you know, that's that's a good investment of my time, a good investment in my, in my own creativity. 
Um, and it's putting money into hopefully somebody's pocket that that you believe in that I believe in because I would want people to invest in me mm-hmm. that same way uh, so you know that you know going to the concerts taking taking this trip to California was definitely a goal like I needed to make that happen uh, yeah those are those are really the major goals like yeah I I with concerts for me like I, I've always seen those more like a Oh, uh, I've always seen it as like a getaway in a way because like I feel like I'm not around people enough so mm-hmm. it, it, it's basically just a chance for me to just interact with people because uh, I'll admit like most of the time I go to I go to shows just by myself so yeah. it's, it's just a chance to just maybe interact with people or just or just a cheap cheap way to people watch because yeah, yeah. It, it's weird like I never used to go to concerts by myself mm-hmm. until last year yeah I've just learned to do like, I do a lot of things by myself like, I've, like I can't remember the last time I went with a group of people to the movies like mm-hmm. like nine times out of ten I'll go to the movies by myself like shit like that I think last movie I went to see by myself was Swiss Army Man and I was smacked for that shit because <laughs> I heard the premise it was like Daniel Radcliffe fucking plays a dead guy but it's the best performance of a fucking dead guy you will ever see in your oh, life word. yes my dude my dude's dick is a compass like he, what yes yes like it is it is like just that alone <laughs> just that alone what, that like makes... his like his uh his dick is a compass. like his dick ends up becoming a compass at one point in the movie and in another part of the movie like his ass like he turns it he, like the guy there's one guy strand on the island he's about to commit suicide and then he finds a body he finds Daniel Radcliffe's body, and that turns into like this. It's like weekend at Bernie's, but like also a bro comedy, and it's amazing. And like I teared up at the end because it just it hits you in all the right feels for some reason. Like it it it's the weirdest movie that can possibly do that. That and maybe like uh, Anne Hathaway's Colossal, like these just weird indie movies. I think. People, you guys, like, fuck a blockbuster. Like, <laughs> fuck a blockbuster, go see an indie film that looks very insane, and just, like, and just take a shot on it. True. Have you checked out Tribeca since you, uh, like, in, in New it's, York? It's, like, mad expensive? And I wouldn't say it's mad expensive. I just didn't have time this year. Gotcha. And I want it, like, I want to so bad. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been there in, like, three or four years. It's just one of those things. If you're from New York, you don't go to the Empire State Building. You don't see the Statue of Liberty. Now, Tribeca's cool, but, like, it's here. It's always going to be here. I mean, I guess that's how people feel about uh, about Sundance. Like, if they're in that area, they're like, right. yeah, y'all come here every... It's the only time y'all come around every year. Right. So, um, you know, it's... Uh, like I definitely go. It's not something I'm not interested in because mm-hmm. it's great. You get to like, you know, bump into a random celebrity and freak out about that shit. Yeah. Have you run into like, uh, like your visit here? Have you run into any celebrities? No, I wish. Really? No, wow. I, um, because I, I haven't been like around Hollywood too much. Gotcha. Like I feel like if I was around Hollywood enough, although I will say like one of my friends is actually an actress. And I got to see her like for the past two days. She mm-hmm. uh, she's done some stuff for Jane the Virgin. It's uh funny like she has this commercial for uh some prepaid uh carrier, and 
I see it at my job every fucking day. Like, without fail, just before 11 a.m., there's this commercial, and she's, like, running in a canyon, and then, like, in another setting, and another setting just for this prepaid carrier. That's wild. And I saw, like, she moved out here four years ago. Left uh, left the Rockaways. We used to work together um, back when we both were in college, and she, like, pursued her acting thing. And she's been on TV shows. She's done commercials. And I saw her for the first time, and it was just like, oh, I, like she's a celebrity to me. Yeah, it's beautiful seeing that, like that ambition just like come pay off. Yes, yeah. like you're like, oh, I remember when you were like such and such. Like you were, we were talking about that, and then now you're just you become this. It's it's, it's always amazing yeah. to see that. Yeah, and it's like those are the celebrities I know. Like mm-hmm. you know the those are the celebrities I care a bit about because you know. Y'all, the people putting the work in, you know, I get to actually see that happen. Like, everybody else, yeah, I can see them on TV, but, like, you know, I want to invest in those. Like, I want to invest in the people that I actually have some sort of bond with. For real. I think that's, like, it's funny you talk about that. Like, I feel that way with a lot of people that are back home from the, the D.C. area. Like, mm-hmm. like Logic just dropped an album, so I, I was, it was really, uh, like, a proud moment to see him yeah. uh, drop that. And with Gold Link, people like that just... People that I've seen like want to come up, mm-hmm. uh, like having local shows, and now they're basically like known nationally or internationally. It's just amazing seeing that, and have, we're having friends that were a part of that process. So yeah, so it's, it's always great. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong; like I would have loved to see Chrissy Teigen and John Legend like somewhere random. Mm-hmm. It would have been great, mm-hmm. but oh, like I, I, I came, I came for me. I didn't, you know, yes, to kind of be a tourist, but also to just. You know, enjoy enjoy myself and yeah. everything that uh that I'm working towards. So, I feel like an Angelino. Or, yeah, yeah, I want to feel like an Ange- I do want to feel like an Angelino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. the vibe the vibe mm-hmm. suits me well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you like you you wear it well for real. I uh, let's see what what else. Could, oh, uh, one thing I want to talk about was. Uh, as a creator, do you ever feel like you're rewarded or you're like uh, applauded for like? Like maybe the small things, but like the larger things are under underappreciated. Or, um, I think I know where you're going with this question. Yeah, uh, like fill in the gaps if, if you if you can, because I, I might be I might be saying this wrong. Uh, um, so I think people applaud you for you know the little things, but like you kind of lose sight for the big of the bigger picture. Um, maybe that's it. Uh, it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, may um, you might be a little bit because I, I was just talking about how mm-hmm. like uh like people might see like I, I think uh when it comes to like the difficulty of the challenges we do mm-hmm. creatively like uh like you might have like a small tax but it was nothing for you but something you basically like push yourself for you almost feel like mm-hmm. you're underappreciated with that so I guess that's what I'm what I'm trying to go with. Mm. Uh, if, if you get what I'm saying. Mm, fuck. 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 Uh, <laughs> I. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And I'm like trying my best to answer that question. Uh You can always say no if you don't really relate to it. Yeah, I I think I I think I do. I think like I know the feeling, but I'm just like trying to find an example so that it like fully makes sense gotcha. for me. Yeah, cuz yeah, I kind of have an example, but mm-hmm. I don't know if you can Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, throw the example. Yeah, I guess the, the example is maybe just what I've been ha- going through a lot at work is that uh like I'll have like these small tasks here and there like uh, like these small like little design tasks, but they're basically like not that challenging for me. But they um they almost seem like 
the world like I just changed the world with this one thing but there's small things there are other things where like other assignments where I feel like I pushed myself or uh, maybe mm. I've like done something that's maybe never been done before but it's like like looked down upon okay if you see what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah actually yeah that's uh, something I'm going through right now because yeah. I'm actually uh, while I was working on um, something for work and just like it seemed like really menial, useless. It had its utility, but it didn't feel creative to me. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and, you know, people are like, yo, Bennett, thank you so much. You're doing such a great job. Um, but on the side, I'd been, like, writing articles about, you know, this is, like, a major, like, project that, like, I don't care what time it is. Like, I'll find a time to, like write an article about somebody cool in the industry, do a little intro, they answer some questions, like kind of like an interview Humans of New York type thing. And that's a major project. And I'll bust my ass for it. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I walk into work or walk around like, you know, where I usually do and nobody notices. And it's just like, damn, I want to like, it would be nice if people saw that, you know, and... I don't know. It's 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 tough sometimes. It's really tough. It's uh, it's this life as a paid creative can be so unfulfilling. I do forget that a lot of times that I'm a paid creative. Like yeah. the way you just mentioned that, it made me made me just feel good for like a split second. Right. Like it it is. There's a privilege that does come with like being paid to create. Yeah. Like you may not create the stuff that you want to all the time. But for all the times your parents or your teachers said you don't want to be a starving artist. Exactly. Like you're you're preaching to the choir right here, my friend. Yeah. And now what? Like you're you know, the starving artists are like really throwing themselves, you know, into the fire yeah. of like financial instability. Exactly. They're taking the biggest risk, but they're almost getting the biggest rewards from it too. Right. And there also is something to be said about, like, you know, you are being paid, so you kind of have that stability. You know, you kind of have to sacrifice the hours that a starving artist wouldn't by doing things that you wouldn't want to do on a daily basis. But at least your cred kind of comes up in the corporate scheme of things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people may look at you as a sellout, but, like, hell i gotta eat i'm getting money right like you know you're getting money and and i think that's um you know that's a mindset that a lot of us have you know we're just like okay we need to make our money and be at a place where we're comfortable or just sacrifice sleep to create the things that we want to create exactly and hope that you know we can land a big break then and then have to, and then say, you know, fuck you to the jobs that we, we don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we almost feel like like you're making these sacrifices to push something you 100% right. believe in. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're kind of working something that you kind of like, that you kind of believe in. But at the same time, you, uh, I think we were talking about this when uh, during lunch, that you just want, like, basically you want ownership, basically 100% ownership, with, yes. with everything you create. Because at the end of the day, you want to be your own boss. as it's own, yeah. it's owning your own masters. Exactly. Literally owning your own masters. Like it was a whole it was that whole discussion between Remy and uh Nikki. Just like Nikki don't own her masters. 
you know, Nikki Nikki's this like big time platinum selling artist, and uh, Remy Ma just got out of prison. But like Remy owns their masters. Yeah, people fighting to get their masters. Like uh, like Frank really had to fight to get his masters mm-hmm. back and everything. Yeah, you just gotta you gotta believe. You really do. Yeah. You have to believe, and you have to. Yeah, I think belief in yourself and your craft helps. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about a few things that uh, have been like happening in the past week or so. Yeah, sure. I, uh, I guess one thing we could we could start off from from the jump is, uh, have you heard about like what's going on with Connie about how he's recording in Wyoming apparently, like a mountaintop in, in Wyoming right now. Yo, this is about to be the next hot album. Exactly. That's what we were like, saying. Like, fuck you doing in, in Wyoming. Last time he did some like crazy travel for an album that was like, what was that? That was Dark Twisted Fantasy. It was, if yeah. Went to Hawaii, brought all those artists just out there, and they just worked. Like, that's just, that's deluxe as fuck. Like, I, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen from this, but it's cool how it's like, I see it more as like a symbolism from like his past albums, like with the mountaintop from Yeezus, and just, uh, like, he's really just literally taking things to new heights. I still really fucking worry about him. He, yeah. And I shouldn't worry about him because he's not in my personal life, but like, He's, you know, he's been this artist that's been, and he's right, he is probably the most influential artist of our lifetime. He really is. How so, do you feel, though, with, uh, since you deleted, like, his Instagram and Twitter, like, do you feel like he's going to be more reckless from that, or, um, or more, more focused? Well, like? Kanye never really was that kind of person to, like, like, he was tweeting, like, early in his career. And then, like, he stopped for a while. And he just got an Instagram, like, less than a year ago. Exactly. So, uh, I'm just like, I I never checked Kanye's Instagram. I, I never checked for it. It was just samples of shit. Right. Basically. Like, when he used to tweet all the time, like, it, it used to be lit. But now it's just like, I get it. Like, you know, do what you need to do. We have to, like, take into account that they are celebrities, but they're also people. Mm-hmm. It's like... Uh, but he's got a family now, so... He's got a family. I think, and you know, speaking on Kanye, you can't talk about Kanye without talking about Kim. Mm-hmm. Um, Kim at the Met Gala, just like wearing some simple frock, like just chilling. And people were like, yo, what the fuck is Kim doing? Like, are you okay? Clearly she's not okay. Like, she just got robbed months ago. Yeah, like that shit's... Like, She's really traumatized. Traumatizing, <laughs> She's yeah, fucking traumatized. Word, yeah. Like, you know, it, it's it really sucks seeing that. Like, you know, how social media is has made us so aware and makes us feel like we're one in these lives of people who one don't know us from Adams, two are making money off of us, and three like are probably going to be unaffected by our opinions anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just they're just living their lives, doing their work, and their money. Like, we're literally gossiping about people every yeah. day. They're just, we're just a speck in right. whatever, in their, in their life. Nothing more, nothing less. Right. But uh, it's interesting, because uh, it makes me, because I think the big topic lately has just been, like, Lil Yachty and everything. I... Uh, uh, did, you, did you get a chance to check out the, the Bring It Back music video? I did not get a chance oh. to. I heard about it, but I also I heard more about Joe Budden. 
Oh, uh, not we, fucking with little Yachty. We somewhat talked about it last episode, but uh, mm. wait, what's your two cents? Um, I mean, Joe Joe's got his point. Little Yachty's got his point. Just let little Yachty be little Yachty. Like, what he had that whole live commercial with Carly Rae. Like, he's got Sprite endorsements. He, like this, this yeah. he's getting money. He's nineteen. He, yeah, he's he, to get he, money. Man, he really is nineteen. It's really crazy. Like the hottest, like the biggest names. You know. This is how you know you're getting old. Yeah. Like, everybody who's hot to, like, a little mainstream audience is younger than us now. Exactly. Like, uh, I think, like, the uh, the kids born in 2000, they're about to graduate this year, too. So, that's saying something. That's fucking wild. Exactly. Like, we're about to, we feel, I feel so fucking old. But uh, I think the one thing that I appreciate with Yachty was that he was talking about how he sees himself more as a brand than an actual artist, which I think is kind of cool. Like, uh, I it's cool to see that that progress that mm-hmm. uh, they they see themselves beyond music like they want uh, they want to be they almost like uh, they almost see it's like a step in the door but they want something bigger like yeah. I could see like Jay Z in ninety six calling himself like a brand at that point instead of just a mm, rapper yeah I mean he did call himself he he did say he's a businessman exactly he's extended himself like yeah what kind of rapper would call himself a businessman yeah um, I'm not mad at that I'm not mad at that. Uh, Personally, I can't do that. I really enjoy my authenticity. I mean, the way I kind there's a part of me that looks at what Little Yachty said uh, about wanting to be more of a brand than an artist as, you know, being on that same level as a corporation. Where the way you put it like that it does sound kind of like evil or like yeah, that. and and I don't necessarily mean it in an evil way, but. It makes it seem more transactionary. Like, you know, you talk with actual brands, like he did the Target thing. He's doing the Sprite thing. You know, um, it's almost like when Nicki Minaj was doing the whole Barbie stint, Mm -hmm. you know, to, you know, as a brand, in a sense, like people looked at her as, you know, you see blonde hair, you see like these crazy colored wigs. You see these weird outfits, and that's Nicki Minaj. Mm-hmm. You see these, like, hell, he did the thing with Nautica. Hell yes, Lil Yachty's a brand. And, yeah. like, I'm not, like, I can't not. I think it. that Nautica move was really smart. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, like Lobo, Nautica, that was fucking Yeah, genius. Yeah, yeah. like, he's, he's, he's being smart about it. Artists should be smart about it. Like, because you know what? The system was rigged, the system's been rigged against them. Mm-hmm. Like how much mo- and yeah, it goes back to me. it goes back to owning your masters. Mm-hmm. Like if you can't necessarily own your masters, like that's how you're gonna have to do things. You're gonna have to, sorry, um, find find those creative ways to tie who you are and what you're about to to brands and make money that way. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that without the record label trying to get a cut of the profit, perfect. Uh, so I'm. I'm not mad about people who want to feel like they can be brands, but I also am one for authenticity. I really care about people just finding a way to to be themselves and hopefully making a profit off of it. That's true. Like yeah, at the same time, you still want to be genuine. You still want to be relatable. Like you don't yeah. want to be just this this mega corporation of a person. Right. Then, then it, like yeah, you spend so much time you know, being who everybody else wants you to be, then 
that you don't even know who you are. Can we talk about that though? Like how everyone basically says like, "Oh, I'm not a person. I'm a brand." Like with like social media and stuff. Yeah. Like people, people even like brand themselves. Like maybe it's like something beyond mm-hmm. Lil Yacht. Maybe it's just us as millennials. How we've uh, we've chosen to just uh, like just go with this route of like branding ourselves, like self branding. Um. And you probably get this because my name is Bennett Bennett. So people, I wasn't gonna go in that direction. But I mean, if, if but you like, want to, I, I mean, I'm just like, that's the that's the thing that like, because it's something that's that feels real personal to me. I'm just like, fuck, mm-hmm. I, I um, I don't like when people brand themselves. I, I mean, can, I agree. You know, because when I think branding, I also think networking. Which you know, in both of those instances, both of those words. They mean something, and I think they mean it in the best intentions as, okay, this is how I'm going to market myself to get to where I need to be. Fine. But it goes back, like, it really ties back to the authenticity thing. Like, okay, I have this skill. I have this, you know. But at the end of the day, who are you? Right. Yeah. Like. Are you like you're gonna be that person who's at all the networking events and hands out the business cards? Cool, but like, what happens outside the office? Like, what are the things that you're you know when that nine to five is over, or if you're on a three hour flight with your boss and you know de stressing from from a business meeting? Like, what are you gonna talk about? Are you gonna sound like a robot, or are you gonna real talk? Are you gonna like talk about the Yankees game that that just happened, or you know about the latest exhibit in the, in in the broad or or LACMA, uh, you know, or talk about your dogs or pets or or a life? Yeah, like what, like. At the same time, people, like, it's ironic that people want to stand out by branding themselves, but at the same time, it puts you in a box, because, like, how do you, like, identify yourself as unique in a right. way? Right, and, like, you can't manufacture, like, genuine people, and I think we're, I, there's a part of me that is, you know, and I think this may be, like, an L.A. thing that I keep hearing, that, like, people in L.A. are fake. Uh, yeah, if you're running with the wrong crowd. Right, if you run with the wrong crowd, yes. Would you say that with New York, though? Like, would you say that... New York's so much worse. (laughs) I appreciate your honesty. New York is so much worse. I appreciate your honesty. And I... I thought I got... There's a part of me that feels like I, I got caught in that trap of people believing that, like, you know, in my quest to to get in as a copywriter, like, I had to put on... put on a, a facade... And I feel like I, I kind of did, mm-hmm. um, and it sucked because it was just like you know for me it's and this is why I can kind of relate in a sad way to like anybody who is trying to be a brand, you know, you want to get in, you want to get you in, do yeah you, like you yeah. want to get in and you want to put your best foot forward, and sometimes you're never sometimes you're gonna make wrong steps. I do understand though, like uh, it's like an yeah. easy way to get in. Like, uh, like I, I used to see it all the time. Like, hear all the black people, like people like brand themselves as like, yeah. oh, I'm this like elevator yeah. pitches, exactly. Um, 
Yeah, when you have your elevator pitches and you have your stuff like that, and you, uh, you know, we both did MAPE, so you know you got to have yeah. the, the the video. Yeah, oh yeah, the video, Those, yeah. those MAPE audition videos. Yeah. Uh, what was your video? If you, if... My video got shut, like, I shut it down real quick. Um, and that was because it happened right after Hurricane Sandy. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, super depressed. I'm, like, in, like, my, I rambled on for, like, eight minutes. Like, I just knew that I had to get the video done. And, I mean, I got into MAPE. Like, That's once, all that once I, Yeah, exactly. Once yeah. I knew that I got into MAPE, I deleted that video. Because it wasn't necessarily the best representation of who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, you know, when something like a natural disaster or a personal crisis happens, like... That brand goes away real quick. Yeah. And people are going to see the real you. And you have to like and that that's that's when that sort of thing matters to me. Like when when enough pressure is applied to you and the facade starts to crumble, who are you beneath that? How do you differentiate like between like your brand and yourself? Like do you feel like like your brand is almost like uh, like elements of yourself, or do you feel like uh, it's like elements you're trying to incorporate that you feel like your brand is what people want, and then yourself is like what you really are. Um, I think the way I always see it is like a brand is some something separate. I've always seen it as like you know, and it maybe it's the wrong way to look at it. Like everybody kind of has their own. Everybody does. They have do, their own. yeah. So I mean, I. You know, I want to see bits and pieces of who people are in their brand and not just like, you know, I'm wearing pink just because it's trendy. That is kind of corny how people how people do that shit where they're they're like they almost become like a character and exactly no one wants that. No one. I want who are you like I don't want to see this character uh, or who you think you are like like shed yourself and like be Mm -hmm. don't be afraid of like what what you truly represent. Right. Uh, I mean, it's as a writer, like I'm used to flat characters versus round characters, right? You have your like brands are flat characters, mm-hmm. you know, they're what you see on the surface. But round characters have depth. Round characters have character, vulnerability, pers- vulnerability, personality, like you know, things to like and dislike about them. When you're a brand, you just aim for people to like you. That is a great way to put it. It's just, uh, it's just like the polished bullshit. Right, like, right, right. It it really is super polished. Like it is there. You know, you take it, you show it to people, and your goal is to have people like you. Yeah. Like, and I, I just, I don't fuck with that. Mm-hmm. I can't. It turns me off. Like your selfishness, <laughs> the faults, like like the faults and the. The things that people appreciate from those books. Yeah. 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 Like, it, it, um, yeah. Hurricane Sandy did real number on whatever I felt like my brand was. Like, I was just a different person for, like, four years. And, uh, you know, people got to see those cracks. And it was, it's an enlightening thing now that, you know, my family and I are, months into like moving back into our house for good 
and I can feel like myself, which is this like, like I live through my inner child at my best. Exactly. People can finally see that. And the people who have been able to, to stick around, you know, it's, it's a great thing, you know, and maybe my brand, you know, whatever brand I was trying to put, put on got me to a certain point. But once people saw the person, uh, behind it, they loved you for it. Yeah. It, uh, you know, and, and that's, that's been the most humbling thing about this year and this trip. Um, it's a reflection of how, how far I've come and just a, a testament to, you know, to trying to keep good people around you, you know, and I mean, that's important. That mm-hmm. That's just as important as uh, getting a job, as, you know, being the best creative you can be, but it's also the community around you. Yeah. One thing I like to talk about is the journey, how uh, basically how the journey goes from from what you sought for yourself and how you actually ended up like how would you how would you compare like how you saw like basically how easy it was to maybe get in the advertising industry and like your journey your actual journey like yeah do you feel um, like it made you a better person from that journey or um i think i think it did because there are people who see this guy and you know you know i'm always on twitter you know i'm trying to post pretty pictures on instagram but like i i got kicked out of cop i got kicked out I got kicked out of my first school. Yeah. <laughs> I got kicked out of my first school. I was a physics major in my first school because my parents didn't think I was going to be a writer. I didn't know. Well, I didn't know this. Right. Like, you know, I don't, you know, you go through something like that. And, you know, growing up, like, I was always picked on. Like, I never had a chance to, like, let people in. Because um, it just always felt like nobody listened to me. And that's really why I started writing. Because I'm like, well, if you're not going to listen to me talk, because I'm really soft-spoken, like, I'm going to, I'm just going to write. I'm just going to, like, show my feelings. And that was, like, I loved it. My parents didn't want me to write. They didn't think I'd make money off of it. So, you know, spent two years in a major that, you know, I probably did well in grade-wise in high school. But I just, you know, wasn't as passionate about it. Like, mm-hmm. I was going to do that, get into acoustics or optics. My dad fixed TVs and, and uh, stereos for a living. Mm. So, like, I was always around that stuff. And then, like, maybe outfit people's houses with nice, fancy speakers uh, and still write my superhero fiction on the side. It never worked out that way. Uh, and, like, I spent over half a year out of school, like, trying to figure myself out. You know, went to community college for a year studied broadcasting and, you know, did a documentary, like, you know, and then when I got myself back into a four-year school and, like, that's when I first learned about MAPE and learned about the advertising industry. And I'd come from a – I'd already come from a mental place of I was gone. Like, I was out of school. Like, I didn't want to see myself in that position again. Yeah. So, to me, I always felt like there was a lot of hard work. But there was also a lot of opportunity around me because I knew I was from New York. Once I realized advertising was like based in Madison Avenue, I'm like, yo, I'm from the city. I could do things that like a lot of other people, like I studied the schools. I studied like who was going to portfolio school, who's doing this, like all the routes. And I'm like, okay, y'all are doing that. I don't have the access to that. 
I am working full time. I am a full time college student. Like I am probably two years behind everybody that I graduated high school with. So this is how I'm gonna. This is how I'm gonna get in. I'm just gonna find anything and everything. Mm-hmm. Do whatever the fuck I can to like get noticed to be on unique projects to to do this to have real work that's how i feel about my journey too like basically the same thing like just making as much unique things as possible to to make a noise for yourself right and and that's kind of how it happened like eventually you know people noticed it took a while my first trip in la was like that first time that people really got a chance to notice who i was but at the same time i you know the brand like people saw the brand and then like i had to realize like as a person like i don't feel like this is my best self like i'm gonna turn down chances to talk to these people because i feel like where i am as much as hard as i've worked i didn't think i was good enough to be at that age to like you know entertain your time and if it wasn't for one person at bbdo who sat me down after I came back from a uh, from Beverly Hills and said, Hey, you're not you're not really a copywriter. You're a writer. Like, I see that. Like, I see you can write copy. I've seen you, you do this, but you're a writer. You tell stories. You you read people. You you know how to do this, you know, and I want to hire you because of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, when I think about the whole brand versus, you know, real person conversation, I think about that. Because, you know, real recognize real. Like, recognize real. Like, they see beyond all the, all the right. bullshit, all the exactly. and all that. Exactly. And it made me feel sad because I'm just like, well, I kind of worked this, I did all this shit to try to become a copywriter. He's like, yeah, we're going to give you a job as a copywriter, but like, don't feel pressure to, you know, be that hundred thousand headline writing person. You know, be try to push hard to to tell stories for brands. That's great. Know? Like they see it as just like a puzzle piece for something yes. much larger. Yeah, they they see your potential, which which is great with any employer. That they it's see. great and it's rare. Yeah, and it sucks that it's so rare because they'll put you in a box. They're like, oh, this is what we want from you, mm-hmm. but which I hate from a lot of employers. Like, like this is what we need, but. Mm-hmm. And I guess you can do that, so sure. Come on up, come along. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, you have these sweatshop agencies and these uh, these places that don't necessarily ver- value um, culture. They just value what's going to, you know, win awards, what's going to get mm-hmm. press, what's, what's going to do this. And, uh, you know, some people are built for that, but, like, you know, you're just doing, like, menial tasks all the time. And like, don't you get tired of that? It, exactly, like how we were talking about earlier. Like, you mm-hmm. would, like you do a lot of things, but none of them don't like very like they're very far and few that they have meaning. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. And it's just all about figuring that out, just uh, seeing how things can can get better, and like basically like reflect yourself and re- reflect what you represent. Mm-hmm. One thing I do have to ask is that. Of, of all the people I know, I feel like you're one of, like, the best networkers. <laughs> I got lucky. Or, my dad yeah. gave me a weird name. That That's really it. Like, he gave me a weird name. My biological mother's, was, like, super tall. So I ended up, like, this as a 6'7 guy with 
a name that people could remember. Mm-hmm. That was that was really it. And like, thankfully, I actually like being around people. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm an extrovert. Like, I I was like like. I always thought that you consider yourself an introvert for some reason. I don't know why. Um, no, I just I never considered myself an introvert at all. Like I feed off of people's energy. Mm. You know, I I kind of do get cabin fever. Um, I don't like being home. I never really like being home. Like yeah, if I, I could go out and do stuff, then then I'll do that. Yeah, I don't like being home either. Like that's why I'm here recording this podcast, and I'll yep. really go home until mm-hmm. I feel like it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. It's uh. You know, I got lucky, you know, in, in all those ways, but I will also say like people, you know, people have said that I'm a great networker. I hate the word networking more than I hate branding. It's, yeah, it's, it's very like because, businessy. Yeah, it's very businessy and like, I like getting to know what people are about, you know, what they're passionate about. And, you know, I'm this kid who I went to high school and studied biochemistry and like i just did a lot of science stuff even though like i was this really creative guy and you know it teaches you a different way mm-hmm. um and even when i went to to my you know to the school where i studied advertising pr it wasn't the creative route it was the account route um so it helped me be a little bit more analytical and i use it to connect people and connect the dots yeah, how would you, uh, like, I would say, like, how, how can you examine it or, or what uh, what advice would you have for, for making those interactions so genuine? Like, uh, like it's easy to just be like, oh, I know about you. You're such and such on LinkedIn. But how do you, like, actually make it make it intricate and make it, uh, make it, make it genuine? It's always about a common thread for me. Absolutely. It, that, that's what it is. Um, I'm able to, you know, to hang, like, I've never really had a click i can say the same like i float around different groups of people and like once i find that common thread that you know can like tie a friendship with you know with me like i try to hold on to that and then like have it blossom from there um okay good example like yeah i don't even have a good example there's like too many too many connections for me like i came out here and like I got you, and I got my other Mape friends out here. But then I also have my guys from the my guy from the Rockaways, and my two coworkers who used to you know who used to live in the Rockaways too. And I'm just like, oh, well, you you work in you work for the Clippers. You you you're around sports. You love entertainment. I know these people who I know an actress who you know she's been in Hollywood for four years. You've been around for like a few months like you guys should know each other plus you're from rockaway there's your common thread like mm-hmm. we'll do that um and then when you and i had lunch with uh with josh josh lee and uh and bo bo lee um from lee box tapes uh shout out to them yeah yeah <laughs> um like you guys you and josh and me like we knew each other for like years mm-hmm. like it's crazy Bo, that we've known each other for years. Right. Yeah. Like, Bo and I have known each other on Twitter for, like, probably a, around the same time, but we just met in person back in December. Mm-hmm. But I knew that, oh, she's a creative just like you guys. She creates her own shit. Like, she doesn't try to, like, get herself tied down in, like, whatever her job makes her do. 
And I'm like, oh, well, she does photography. She does, like, she directs films. She does, she does this. You're a graphic designer. Josh's a writer. Oh, my God. Like. The possibilities are endless. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that makes me happy. Yeah. Like, and you've seen me. You guys have seen me so overjoyed. Mm-hmm. Like, once I can do that for people, like. I don't know if my complete purpose in life is to uh, is to connect people, but I know I have really so much fun doing it. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, like, I feel like we talk about it a lot on mm-hmm. a lot of these episodes. What are your thoughts on collectives and everything? Like, I feel like you're you're a definitely a good person for, like, initiating those, those conversations that eventually create, uh, leads to the creation of, like, collectives. And yeah. basically, like, uh, basically these, like, almost Avenger type uh, situations that are bigger than, or even more genuine than, mm-hmm. uh, than agencies. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on, on collectives? I love those squad up. Yeah. Like squad the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Um, hell, I like, we were teenagers in a time where fucking murder ain't G unit, uh, uh, fucking shady records, dip set, yeah. uh, all these like groups mm-hmm. of people who who just fucked with each other and they just wanted to create good music yeah. uh and that's what it you know and that kind of like i took a liking to that sort of thing like you know and the avengers was one of my favorite movies like i i love when people with different skill sets come together and you know odd future exactly yeah you have odd future you have a selection uh you know it's just like why not mm-hmm. it it is it's community like you know yeah. go for it Wu-Tang Clan. Exa- like exactly like yeah. you know you know hillary clinton's message was like stronger together and it really is fucking true mm-hmm. you know how are you going to build you know your empire if you don't have players who are about it you know who are willing to you know, use their skill set for a a greater a greater purpose. It it really does go down to go down to having purpose, like yeah. passion and purpose. Just like combining those two and just making great things happen from it. Yeah, to this day, like I still like a goal of mine is still really to just like create a collective in some kind of mm-hmm. way or like be a part of some kind of some kind of collective because it it doesn't feel like work. It just feels like a group of friends mm-hmm. just making making dope shit. Yeah. Um, is it okay if I take a call? Because no, go for yeah. it. Um, we'll be back after this quick commercial break. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. After this commercial break, but there's no commercial. All right, we are back. Uh, yeah, what, what were we talking about last time? Oh, uh, we were basically talking about uh the idea that uh you ever feel like you're too much. You ever feel like you're missing out on a lot? Yeah. Um, I grew up missing out on a lot. Uh, my parents are these Jamaican immigrants. Uh, I never had like Nikes or name brand shoes for years. And all the kids I grew up around like came from the projects and they could afford like the latest Jordans. I didn't know how they did it. I never thought about it. It's just like, it just sucked being basically the broke kid for so much of my life. Like not only broke, but like I was steadily growing to like, where I am now which is six foot seven like 
Oh, You're just constantly outgrowing stuff. Right. So, like, I always had the high waters. I always had this. I had, like, the Coke bottle glasses. Everybody had, like, these fancy, um, like... Not Ray-Bans. But... Not even Ray... Like, Ray-Bans weren't popping. It was, like, Versace, Prada. Damn. Like, anything with, like, some little gold thing on it. Oh, yeah, like the little pattern. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, the Coach glasses were, were a really big thing. Mm-hmm. And, I, it, you know... So I kind of grew up feeling like, okay, well, if everybody's doing something, like, I just have to be fine not doing what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And even now, like, yeah, FOMO's still a thing. But, like, and it it took a while to kind of get out of that space where, you know, you know, it took me longer to, to drink than everybody else. It took me longer to to smoke or dabble in like recreational drugs and everybody else or like hit up a festival. Like I was for the most part, this guy who like, if you put a computer in front of me, like I know how to research, like what the phones are in the market. But for the most part, just because I didn't have like the income to sustain it or my family didn't have the income to sustain it. I just ended up becoming a late adopter, Mm -hmm. you know, like my friends are like ex- great example. I was out with friends uh yesterday and I forgot my charger for my phone. Yeah. My phone is not a Galaxy phone. My phone is not an iPhone. It's not it like that. no, like I oh, got this see. I got this uh phone from this Chinese mac- manufacturer called OnePlus. Wow. Um they are literally a, a challenger brand and they're like, well, we're just not going to settle for just another Android phone. We're going to give you stock Android experience. We're going to make sure our phone looks nice. Uh, we're also going to make it half the price of the top phones and still make it really great. Can't argue with that. And it's a really fucking great phone. It's nice. treated me well. Like, How long have you had it? I just got it. I've had it for almost two months now. And like. I used to I used to want like the Nexus or like anything with the stock Android experience. Like I hated the Galaxy phones just because like there was just like all this additional shit that mm-hmm. I didn't need. And like this phone for the most part, like aside from manual controls for the camera that I don't really know how to use, but <laughs> I'm willing to learn. Yeah. It's it's good and the battery lasts long. But here's the thing, it does not use the same charger as anything else then where, where are you getting that uh the charger from it directly from them oneplus makes their own charger Damn. that charges like you get 80 percent battery life in like 20 minutes charge that's wild yes and that shit lasts you most of the day so if you don't have the charger with you you asked out shameless plug <laughs> yeah shout out to oneplus Shameless plug. Shameless <laughs> like plug. if you don't have like if you don't have their proprietary propri- proprietary system you're just screwed and my dumbass was like okay you know what i don't think i'm gonna be out with my homies from the rockaways for that long i was with them like i stayed over Damn. like i really stayed the fuck over and i realized like i screwed myself over so i shut my phone off Blah, blah, blah. Had to, like, Uber with, like, 11% battery life. Yeah, that, And that's I'm, like, through L.A. traffic going from North Hollywood 
to oh you're up in the valley yeah i was in the valley damn and like that was my first real real experience in la traffic in the most inopportune time and you know like it 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 survived (laughs) i got to like one percent and then i'm like yeah cool i can do this exactly but at the same time like i like knowing that like nobody else has this phone nobody else knows this phone exists that's great to like that's just yeah that helps to make things unique like right the less you the less you worry about like missing out on things the more you can focus on you know just branching out and finding you know and finding things you love i mean it's why i enjoy things like a spotify discover weekly where it's tuned to like the stuff that I I love listening to, and that's for me, it's a mix of the classic rock that my dad and I grew up with. You know, me being from the Caribbean, obviously, like some some dance hall. You know, I love my you know my trap music and you know R and B Motown type shit. Anything that brings those sorts of vibes, and just like, and it will give me like these really dope indie artists and people who kind of like experiment in different things and you know you know if other people like if i can enjoy that i'm sure other people can like enjoy their own things like we are in a world where things are kind of personalized now which is great like better than i think better than ever like that's been appreciative and it also goes back to the idea that i think we're talking about about like brands and Mm -hmm. just like the yeah. genuine aspect of being a fucking person. So, because uh, that's what people want, like, especially with music, like, people yeah. want something they can relate to or something. Mm-hmm. Like, they want, I think now, which is amazing, is that uh, we live in a time where it's accepted to be vulnerable be- more than ever. And it's mm-hmm. almost like uh, expected and it's almost appreciated more. Yeah. Which is great. No, it, it really is. Like, and it's funny because, and I'm sure you can relate to this, like, being a teenager. And if you weren't up on what everybody else was up on, you were ass out. Yeah, yeah, like you were. Like and the lunch table, if like a new like, exactly, yeah. like if the cool, the, like the cool kids really mattered. Mm-hmm. And now you can be the cool kid. Exactly. Like yeah, like everyone is their own cool kid now, which is kind of cool. Yeah, you know. And then there are the people who just aren't cool because they're just terrible people. Yeah. It helps, it, like, it really does help weed out people who just aren't people you should be around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like, uh, I feel like, I think that's interesting that everyone's just basically finding their own way since high school, yeah. and do you, I, I always wonder, do you ever feel like the people that were popular in high school, they're, they just got stuck because they, they lost themselves, or they were never truly, they've never truly had an opportunity to be themselves? Um... Yes, yes, and yes, and no. Um, so, or they're stuck in, or they're stuck in a moment that they're too, they're yeah. too afraid to like go past. Yeah. So I had like, it, it's it's funny because New York doesn't necessarily have like football teams to cheer for, cheerleading squads. Like New York City public schools don't play like. They Wait, that, that makes sense. Like, are there any football fields? Like, any yeah, we have we have football fields, but like, they're not as big as like anywhere in Texas or like in the major states gotcha. where where you have uh, the Division One football teams. But we had a football team. We had cheerleading squad in my high school, and like those kind of were the cool kids. And like, 
I was kind of always wary of them and was just like, well, they probably aren't going to fuck with me. So, like, I'm just going to be skeptical of them. Um, and there was like, they had their own crews and shit like that. And the cheerleaders had their own crews. And like, there's one guy now who I never could have imagined being friends with him like actual like genuine level friends with him now because we just never we never clicked like that in high school and then there was somebody who i was close to in high school and kind of just got caught up you know you like drifted apart we drifted apart because she was just stuck Mm. she was stuck and you know i got myself to you know when i discovered advertising like she was still kind of finding her way and you know and just like reminiscing on like her her party times and it was rough it was just like you know like why like why am i gonna try to put an effort into this sort of um this sort of friendship and relationship we have right now if you're just like gonna like either relive the glory days or just like be stuck in the person at the persona that you had years ago like it would be nice to see some sort of growth and some people just aren't like that you feel like there's a way to extend yourself and in a positive way with the good times like like those uh this is just food for thought basically Mm -hmm. like how everyone's like caught up in their good times in college and high school but is there a way to in a, a positive way to extend that uh like uh to something that's more successful or maybe that's maybe that's a piece of yourself. Um, I'm thinking like, damn. You know what? You know what I think of when I hear that question. I think of like those, those '90s or 2000s parties that that pop off. You know, I mean that that's kind of positive. Like mm-hmm. you can kind of, you know, go back like listen to listen to all these like songs they used to bump to back then because. Yeah. They were bops. They were classic, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Moment in time. Exactly. Um, music is good for that. Goddamn. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like uh, to this day, like uh, there's a girl. Uh, shout out, Katie Harris. Like, uh, like every time we hear ice cream paint job, we always think of the good times we we had because right. we always used to like do like this dance routine to ice cream paint mm-hmm. job. So yeah, just like memories like that to stick with you. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 great. Like th- that's the only thing I can like or. Hell, like that that new edition, uh, like you know, nostalgia and like honestly, like nostalgia, it, it's a great thing. It yeah, can, it can be. It just shouldn't like overtake you. Yeah. yeah, like if you don't let it overtake you, like celebrate what you know, celebrate it for what it was, mm-hmm. um, and then try to take the lessons from it. I don't know if that was like insightful. No, it was. It was just an answer. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like. Yeah, I don't know if there was oh. any, like, food for thoughtfulness no, about now, it. Yeah, we're just, like, throwing <laughs> shit out there. Yeah. Uh, can I share with you a hot take? That yeah, I, yeah, that give I, me a hot take. Give that, me a hot take. That I thought of recently, like, uh, it's it's a strip club metaphor that I have. Okay. All right, so basically, I had this... Here, here's, here's, like, before you say that, like, let me just preface with, I've never been inside a strip oh, club. You, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah. I, I, I have, like, fewer there, like, a yeah. lot of times... I feel like I've, I've Joe Button in a situation where I'll go to a strip club just to think. 
Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I've done that. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> not in that, like, I'm not gonna, like, buy like, 70 Like, fuck dances. a library. Fuck exactly. A library. Okay. No, especially when it's, like, midnight or something, like, and I don't want to go home. I just want to have, like, I basically just want to just, like, almost, plus, like, sometimes it's a chance to just talk to people. Like, mm. yeah, I'm not trying to get a dance or anything. Like, yeah. no. Um, but my metaphor is that I feel like everyone in a show club, like, the irony is that the point is being naked, but I feel like everyone's masking something. Like uh, women, they're masking maybe their 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 financial situation, or maybe just uh, the fact that uh, they they don't need this job, or they're uh, or what they're doing is mm-hmm. beyond them, or uh, they're ma- they're masking like the feelings that they have, or um, yeah, or and they're basically just like aiming towards the money, like. Uh, the guy, the guys that are giving the money, they're masking their, uh, they're masking their insecurities. They're masking uh, the sadness that they have by like just buying these dances. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. All right, this is this that, that. That's a that's for a hot take. That's like that's like a sizzler steak hot take. Right I, there. I that's appreciate a that. Big yeah. steakhouse take. Yeah, it's just it, it was just me thinking it because I was like, you know what? I feel like. All right, because the ironic thing is that it's it's in the dark, so basically everyone's hiding something. Yeah, and like like kind of like the peekaboo, mm. <laughs> uh, little Yachty music video. Oh man, yeah. have you seen it? Have I have you? not. I oh. gotta I gotta see it. I gotta... Artistically, it looks really good because like basically he's uh like everyone's in all black. Mm-hmm. They're I uh, well they're wearing black paint on their faces, and the only thing that's that's in color is basically his hair. Yeah, and uh, it's an interesting concept because like peekaboo, like like you uh you can't see me, you can't see me, and like. It's yeah. like an artistic look on that. Yeah, I mean, it also reminds me of like getting like shit faced and like finding some girl who you think is cute while you're shit faced, and then waking up to her or him, and then realizing like they were not fucking attractive at all. That's true. And like, it's weird how many things we do in life to kind of cover up any sort of insecurities mm-hmm. it's why i don't take selfies like I don't i'm not take, gonna lie i don't really take selfies either like i don't take selfies because like i will take beautiful photos but i will never take selfies because growing up like because of the fact i was picked on and everything like i never found myself attractive enough to like be on like somebody's screen while they're scrolling through other like actual beautiful people you know, like, um, I all this, this is why, like, I'd rather be in front of a microphone than yeah. a camera. Like, you know, like, I would never be an on-screen actor, but I'd be a VO actor. How would you rate your, your tagged photos? Like, you know how sometimes people are, like, you know those memes of, like, you look amazing when you take a selfie, but you look, like, bland when you take a, a tagged photo? Would you, do you feel like you're represented well in, in a photo that you're tagged in? Yes. Okay. I like I that's good to hear my Facebook profile pictures most of the time are pictures that other people took of me mm. and that's because I kind of trust them to to take the photos than myself yeah. like you know I trust that they find me attractive enough and you know it's it's worked out mm-hmm. but like yeah, like I rarely take selfies unless like in really odd random situations. Yeah, I have to re- be feeling really confident. Actually, right, yeah. right. It's very rare, but I'll be like, oh, like, uh, or I like this lighting, or I'll like. You're just like you're basically feeling yourself. Like, come out the barber shop, 
Like, I am ready to, like, mm-hmm. send girl selfies, maybe make it my Facebook photo. Like, oh, that's honestly... Actually, yeah, that's really honestly the only time. Yeah, you just you just feeling yourself. Yeah, and th- and that's fine, and you know that that that's life. That's life. Like I can't, you know, it's shit. It's like image, image in general, mm-hmm. you know, and not just like the 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 face value taking images of yourself, but like image, image is something that like a lot of us kind of are are tied to for for better and for worse like yeah. we care about how we see ourselves we care about how other people see us um we care about being viewed in the in the right light uh and you know and that's so much metaphor as it is uh just like a face value thing it's interesting though because like it's almost like uh how we see ourselves is how we hope people see us in a way yeah. like but I don't, we're almost like, I feel like that even puts you to like an unreachable standard. Like, cause you set so many high expectations exactly. for yourself, but people love you for who you are. Yeah. No, yeah. And um, that's why Dove Beauty made itself such a, a big thing. Like uh, that. Yeah. You had like, this is why Dove has like transcended just be being some like body wash or, or soap. It was like, well, we believe that people see themselves differently. Mm-hmm. We know how other brands are basically, you know, showing really pretty girls, using our products, washing their hair with our products, doing all this. And we're like, well, we're going to take something imperfect, which is like normal people, and we're going to find ways to make them feel more perfect. And that's what, you know, that's what they're doing. It's gotten to a point where it's fucking obnoxious. Like, actually changing the shape of a bottle to, like, fit different body types. They just did that shit. I'm just like, (laughs) y'all are just doing too much. Yeah. Wait, I would love to get your opinion on on a lot of stuff that's been happening recently. Like, with the appropriation of, like, the Pepsi and uh, Shea. So, like... If you want to get like just a quick two cents, if you because I've never heard your opinion. I can talk about one, but not the other. Whatever just you because one is a client. Oh, whatever you like, whatever you like to talk about is um, fine. I, I'm not going to put any pressure on you. Well, here's like the reason why I couldn't really talk about like because I did talk about one of the brands and I got in trouble for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like it. I I just don't. Um, where Shea Moisture is concerned. Like shit, it's it's tough. It's a tough thing when you're a brand that is supposed to be like for the culture. And like I saw some of the stuff, and I heard like I actually heard a dissenting opinion from uh, a black creative director who has oh wow yeah who has worked in the beauty space. So she's actually worked in the beauty space, and like to hear her insight on like the whole Shea Moisture thing. I'm just like, you know what? I get it. Like, on the business end of things, cool. And, you know, like, I get why they did what they did. And a lot of people may have taken it out of context because it wasn't like they they probably did sell out with, like, the actual products. But, like, marketing themselves, as you know, to show the different kinds of curly hair 
and naturalness, like whatever, you know, still a bad ad because, you know, their base was women. Like their base was women of color. You alienated that base. That's true. So you fucked up. You're going to get those repercussions. Um, and then you have the other, that other brand. Uh, I, th- I personally thought it was bad. Like I, I thought it was bad and I reacted accordingly to it and it got me in trouble. Um, but I still think it's a bad ad. And I think it talks to um, a deeper issue, in my opinion, which is uh, brands creating their own in-house agencies because that Pepsi ad was made by an in-house agency. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like Pepsi technically is one of, like, it's a client that BBDO has. We do Mountain Dew, so it's in our roster. So Mm -hmm. we actually have a say for that sort of thing. And a lot of people, like, tried to shut it down, whatever. And Pepsi just went forward. And, you know, it's just like, well, when you have something in-house, you have very, you have so much less oversight. So many, so few, so many few, fewer gut checks. Fewer people to say, wait, I don't think that's right. Especially as, as many people are telling you no, so. Right. Um, so, I don't know. Like, I think, yes, those are, like, two really bad, like, bad examples of advertising trying to say something really good. Um, but it just, I don't know. I think it just kind of goes back to. What a lot of these diversity people preach is, you know, making sure you hire people of color, make them feel welcome, like, all that, yada, yada. Make sure you represent yourself. Exactly, exactly. Like, everyone needs to be represented. Yeah, and also not feel like they have to be the voice for an entire culture. That is the worst. That's the worst feeling ever. Like, like no one ha- no one person has, should be able, should have to represent mm-hmm. because of tokenism, like, yeah. your entire entire yeah. group because like i always felt different in this instance because i'm not typical african-american like my dad's from the west indies my mm-hmm. biological mother is from north carolina like i mean i have like a relationship with her mm-hmm. but like it's still there like i do consider myself more like caribbean american like gotcha. i identify as that but like at the same time like I'm not fully in that culture either. Like, there are times where, like, I can't fully bond with, like, other Caribbean Americans. And, like, there are also times where, like, I feel at home, like, around, you know, more African Americans. And most of the times that involves music or cuisine. Like, I won't eat. There are certain Jamaican foods that I won't eat. That my little sister, who is fully, like, Caribbean American, like, both her parents are Jamaican, like, she'll have. It's interesting, like, it's a really intricate thing. If you look at Asian culture, you have all these different countries. If you look at Hispanic culture, you have all these different countries, plus you have that whole, like, Afro-Latino thing going on. That is true. And then when you look at black Americans, and I mean, like, black, we can split it three ways in America. You got your African-Americans, you got your... 
Africans. Exactly, yeah. And then you got your Caribbean Americans. And yeah, we'll throw in Afro Latinos because they want like it all depends on like what their exactly. Is. Sometimes they will, they'll just consider themselves Latino or they'll consider themselves yeah. right, right. Um, it, being black is a lot more intricate than we give it credit for. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, I've seen articles about uh how African, like actual like African Americans are not portrayed properly in the media they still aren't um and even dear white people couldn't get it right there was like a whole article on that oh are you talking about like the guy with the african accent i guess so like i haven't seen the i haven't seen the series yet oh. but i'm guessing like i'm guessing that i do happen. feel like africans like if i was african i would i would be kind of mad like as as often as they're misrepresented mm-hmm. like they're seen as almost like a caricature of what they really are which which kind of yeah. sucks um yeah it, it my actor friend she's dominican but she's working in la where like she's gonna be typecast as any other kind of latina but like you know when you're typecast as a latina you're either pregnant gangbanging um and you got an accent like right the, yeah, you're gonna have to put right. an accent and like she can't do a mexican accent she's dominican so she uh. right so it's interesting yeah. like it's interesting i think that's why i can never be an actor like that kind of typecasting would would just like yeah. discourage me so much and i mean this is why uh an atlanta is so important this mm-hmm. is why an insecure is so important because these are personal stories you know these are based off of like real personal shit for whoever's creating them like obviously isa is you know she's done such a great portrayal of la and i think Maybe you know that's helped make you yeah, know Donald things too feel with Atlanta, like, exactly yeah. you know, and I want to do the same thing with the content I create. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody wants to, you know, for the things that do divide us, yeah. you know, when it comes to complexion, when it comes to ethnicity and all that, like you know, those things matter just as much as you know the stories we're able to tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it like I love what's going on right now, and I really hope that it's not like a blip in the radar, like when UPN had like all the black shows. True, and then TV One just rebranded themselves. They're like the I think they're like represent Urban, Urban One now, or yeah, something. represent something like that. Yeah, and yeah, Urban. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, um, shit, like it's yeah, this whole landscape is crazy. Yeah. Uh, what goes this out was like, uh, I guess like one or two more questions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, one thing I want to start doing now is with every guest that comes on, I want you to tell me, uh, within the past week, uh, one thing you've loved, one thing you've hated, one thing you've created mm-hmm. in the past week. Um, one thing I... I guess what you loved or hated, basically like content that you've seen and what's, and then something that you've yeah, actually created. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. One thing I loved within the the last week, um, sheesh, damn, that's a tough one. I mean, other than Los Angeles. Yeah, maybe something you, like, like how you were talking about the Pacific Ocean, Pacific Ocean, how, mm. like, maybe that's something you, maybe that's what you loved, or. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely, I love the Pacific Ocean. I love, like, I love being, I love seeing another ocean. Mm-hmm. I grew up two blocks from, from the Atlantic, so to. Wait, only two blocks? Two blocks, yeah. 
like it like I live on a peninsula, so I'm a block away from a bay mm-hmm. and two blocks away from the Atlantic Damn. Ocean. Um, so I loved knowing that like I loved knowing that there's another ocean and like actually being able to like see it and like touch it and all that. Um, it makes me feel small. Uh, it makes me feel like there's something greater to explore. Uh, but I think content wise, um, shit, I can't even, did I even like consume any content this week other than, yeah. Oh wait, before you do that, yeah. you, did you see the, uh, the new Pandora stuff? What do you, what do you think about the new, have the, you seen the, the new, the identity new... for Pandora? Yeah. Or basically how they've just been changing. Like, uh, like, have you seen that one course, like that seamless commercial where that girl's jogging and she goes through like all these different album covers? No, I haven't seen oh, that. Oh, man. I, I, would, I was just sending you the yeah. link for that after this. It's, it's really cool. Um, yeah, I should definitely see it. Um, yeah, I would definitely love that. Um, one piece of content, I and I say I love it because I'm, like, getting myself back into it. Um, I will say Easy. There is this uh, anthology series on Netflix called Easy. It's, like, portrayals of, like, different people, um, their hopes, their dreams, their loves, their passions in Chicago. Um, so I, I love that. Like, I love, you know, that you can do those sorts of things. And you have all these actual known actors. Like, Zazie Beetz was in an episode. And, um, oh, word? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's um, really getting a lot of work, which is oh, awesome. Yeah. Orlando, this was, like, before Atlanta for her. Um Orlando Bloom was in another episode like he was this director was able to like pull off really great shit um so that's one thing I loved one thing I fucking hate is Los Angeles traffic like I learned it firsthand this morning it was it's a terrible thing it's weird that it's never bothered me because like from the DC area like it's basically like it's kind of the same yeah Yeah. about the same so like I kind of get adjusted to it yeah um what else do I and yeah, I think that's the only thing I hate. Like I've got, I've had so much love surround me over the past few days that it's like really hard to hate something. Mm-hmm. But if I'm gonna hate something, it's that. It's really and especially because like uh, tra- public transportation is like little, like far in between. Yeah, and you're so used to that being from uh, NYC. So. Exactly. Um, one thing I created. Um, well, it's just me taking, like, me documenting these these photos on my Instagram mm-hmm. uh, and kind of...